Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Like anything else, if you can analyze what caused your error correctly, then you're, you're home free. But if you just kind of, oh, well, I three-putted, well, why did you three-putt? There's a big difference between being 50 foot in the hole because you had a terrible iron, or three putting from 15 foot, which would really bother me because then it was a speed issue because you didn't roll it close enough to the hole. Taking you beyond the ropes. I'm not sure what was going on. Angel, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were going to expose me, but I was at Bevmo. Uh, I got a uh, Patron margarita mixer, and I got some kombucha. Now, I take it that's not all just for tonight. <laughs> Unforgettable stories. Actually, you know, Hogan didn't cut the ball. So when he got rid of the hook and the ball went straight, in Hogan's mind, that was a cut. Times I played with him when he'd say, I kind of fanned that one, I cut that one in there. It didn't cut in my mind, it would have went dead straight. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the program on this Tuesday. Tom, new opening there. I like that. I love that Hogan clip. It's one of my favorite clips we've ever had on this Bob show. Dolby? Because I've yeah. never heard anybody say that about Ben Hogan I mean, we, you held his, his one iron in your hand and you saw the, the, the dime size mark of him beating balls right on the heel there. Towards the heel, yeah. Yeah, and to hear him say that, Bob Golby, tell us that story. I still get like little chills every time I hear it. And remember, he's the one that also shared that story about Byron Nelson kind of sort of being, I don't want to say kicked off the tour, but sort of pushed off the tour perhaps earlier than he wanted to because... Essentially, he was made fun of for not serving. Yeah, I've never heard that before. That was I. You're right. In both those things, I'd never heard anyone say him. But he was saying that Lord Byron just wasn't greeted very kindly by a lot of the players. You got to find that quote from him if you have that clipped someplace. I'd love to hear it again because it was. It is one of those historic stories. Uh, it's amazing when you think about. You know, in our archives, we have over ten thousand interviews from the years and years we've been doing the Fairways of Life show and these stories that we have that are these snippets of history that history, I think, otherwise is already starting to forget or history is kind of writing who these people are based upon the the images that everybody else has of who they are. And then you get somebody like that and it's like, yeah, you know, if you would ask most people that would would claim to be golf historians or whatever – about Byron Nelson, they'll tell you, oh, he was one of the most beloved guys ever, right? I mean, we've heard from Tom Watson talking about Lord Byron, and he's like, yeah, he was just just an absolute gem, just an angel. But here you have this guy going, yeah, when after the war, there was a lot of people mad that he didn't serve. He didn't serve because of his medical condition, but still, it's absolutely fascinating stuff. So I knew Dom was working on a couple of new cuts, and then and then the one with uh, that was Angel Yin, right? Uh, with when she was on a, a booze run, and who was with her? It was Lizette Salas. Oh, Lizette Salas, that's right. And remember, she got roped into the conversation because she wasn't supposed to be there. And um, I thought it was the other way around. Well, no, no, well, no, Lizette got roped in because the we had yeah. I had scheduled that's an interview with yeah. Angel, and I had talked to Angel. And by the way, she's great. By the way, the LPGA is starting this week at the LPGA Drive-On Championship in Ohio. Very excited about the restart there. Uh, but yep. Angel Yin said, yeah, I'm, I'm just out. Yeah, we should totally do something. I'm like, okay, great. That sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm just driving. I'm in yeah, the car. Yeah, whatever. I'm in the car. And then I called her during our live show, and she was in the car. And well, she was we, like, you oh, and I were, re- we were recording. If you remember, we were recording live to tape, but when we reached her, when we were doing that show, it was in the evening. I don't even know what time it was. It was, it was, could have been, I don't know how many interviews we did that show. It could have been eight, nine o'clock or later at night. So she was on a run, as you heard from that, that clip in the opening. She was picking up booze someplace. Well, remember, we were in the middle of the Patron uh, of, and whatever. Of the hardcore portion of the pandemic in the Los Angeles area, which is where she was. And oh, she okay. was 
thought, she thought that she could go somewhere and just pick up some stuff and no one was letting her in anywhere. So she had to call and like place an order and from then, like, the parking lot, and, I believe. And, like, pick yeah. it up out the window and stuff. So when I called her, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm with my friend. I'm like, oh, who's your friend? She's like, Lizette Salas. Do you know who that is? I'm like, do I know who that is? You're talking you about the one that was on friend? the Solheim that, Cup, that seems, right? That yeah, yeah, almost right. seems kind of rude. Down. No, you no, see, no, we're no. like, no, no, no. who's your friend? <laughs> no, no, no. So it was, and it was fantastic. It, it was, it, it, it shows you how much fun we have on this show over ten years, and the, and how, um, how informal what we do often is, and it shows you the relationship we, we've built I like, with all I like these how you still now. say ten years too. You know, you know when I started this show, two thousand six, the end of two thousand six, it was a half hour interview show that aired on XM. Not Sirius XM, XM. Sirius was a competitor. It was another system. Can you believe that? You, I don't remember the name you, of the producer that I had. Because I didn't help you at the beginning? <laughs> Who's your friend? What do you mean, your friend? By the way, I found, that, I found that clip of Bob Golby talking about uh, Byron Ooh. Nelson and, and uh, how players treated him with the war and stuff. If you want Let's to hear, hear that, yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Snead said that he was the best player he ever played with, meaning Nelson. And he was a great player. We know what he did there in 1945 when he won 17 tournaments and 11 in a row. Now, they do say that the, because the Hogan's and the Snead's and the Bolts were all in the service. And that's true. But uh, you still shot scores that were never matched. And uh, he, uh, they, the guys, when he came back from the war, he didn't go because of a bleeder, hemophiliac. He didn't have to go, and that's when he won those tournaments. But when the guys came back from the war, they kind of ostracized him. They, they were not very friendly to him. And a lot of them say that's the reason that Hogan, that uh, Nelson quit, retired a year in 1946. He only played half a year and retired. And because the guys kind of were really tough on him because he didn't go to World War Two. Uh, everybody was behind it. If you didn't go to to the war, they all want to know why, and they called you the draft dodger and things like that. And so, uh, unfortunately for Nelson, he got put in that category. Holy cow! Yes, that's what's great about hearing these little clips. Uh, when was that Bob Golby interview? That wasn't that long ago. No, that was in. Uh, I'm so bad with the numbers and the months. So I had that clip labeled five. Was that May? May April, yeah, January, yeah. February. Yeah, May. That was in May. May. Yeah. You can find that interview on our on our platforms. Everything's on demand always now, Matt. So you can go back and listen to Bob Golby's full interview, and it was incredible. I mean, to, I think he talked to us for forty five minutes. It's just incredible <sighs> stuff. And that that little snippet that you heard is, I mean, you tell me, Matt. That's literally it was literally forty five minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant. Just brilliant. And then remember when, when Jackie Burke was the same way? Jackie Burke's what? Is he 93 now? I got to look this up. Jackie Burke Jr. Uh, because when he was on with us, he was kind of the same way where you're talking to a person who played alongside of absolute legends of the game. He's 97 years old, Jackie Burke Jr., Won the 1956 Masters, won the 1956 PGA. Holy cow. And founded the Champions Golf Club along with uh, Jimmy DeMeritt. Speaking of Champions Golf Club, you were mentioning the LPGA getting started again this week. So, Dom, see if you can find something from Jackie Burke, too, that will blow his way in the same way. Because that wasn't that long ago. Either World Golf Championships, FedEx St. Jude Invitational is this week. The Barracuda Championship is this week. Both PGA Tour events. The LPGA's event, first-time event called Drive On Championship at that. PGA Tour Champions in action this week. The, the Corn Ferry Tour in action this week. And on the European Tour, remember, they've got a continuation of their six-week march through the UK, this week's event is called the Hero Open. So we've got news coming up on all of that and more. Uh, you guys know how much? Say it again, please, Dom. I found something from Jackie Burke. 
Oh, what'd you find? It says, uh, play against yourself clip is what I pulled. See, some of this stuff, like you mentioned, Matt, we've done 10,000 interviews, and I, have, I clip stuff up all the time. And this is from April of 2019, so I don't remember clipping oh. this. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but let's play it. No, let's let it go. Let's see what it is. It's Jackie Burke, 97 years young. Well, I just try to do the things that I know I can do. I don't try to do things I know I can't do or I've never tried before. It's like making speeches. If the audience didn't say I didn't know that, you shouldn't be up there. When you play, you're not trying to win anything. You're just trying to play the next hole. And so if you can take things one at a time, you'll be better off. I never played against anybody, but that's not the way you play the tour. You better be playing against yourself, not anybody. I don't know what they're, they're back there, four, four or five foursomes behind me. I don't know what they're doing. You just have to go on your own. I had to compete with myself, hitting golf balls or making swings. I just made a swing, knew the swing that I had, and I just let it go and trust it and uh, just put it down whatever the hell number I made. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Just the gift of having that acuity that long in life and i i suppose for for many people it that reality impacts them for me it, it it does just because you know i lost my mom to alzheimer's so you know the tragedy of seeing someone robbed of the of the memories of their own life and then you've got this man at 97 years old that has that level of sharpness perspective and then even with bob golby sharing memories that go back decades and decades and decades and decades. It reminds me, Dom, too, of John Durr. John, when he passed, he was, what, 96, if memory serves me, or was it 97? 96, you think it was? And he was, it was another one that just had this gift of mental acuity up until his final breath. And he was amazing. He would share stories with us when he, he came on many, many times on the Fairways of Life show over the years. He would share stories with us about Bobby Jones, Sam Sneed, Gene Sarazen, Walter Hagen, a Ben Hogan. And that's just in, in the realm of golf. But then he would share stories with us about uh, whether you're talking about celebrities or or great athletes. Babe Ruth, he, he, he did Babe Ruth's. Obit. Uh, Joe DiMaggio was a close friend of his. Uh, I, at, I think it was the Masters he was telling us one of the stories about Joe DiMaggio is that uh, DiMaggio used to climb up into the tower with him because John Durr was the first to broadcast the Masters on radio. Let that sink in for a second. And then he was part of the of the team that broadcast the Masters for the first time on television as well. But but Joe DiMaggio used to climb up into his into his tower with him. And he asked him one time, "Why do you, Joe, why do you like it up here so much? And he said, because it just gets me away from people leave me alone, basically. Uh, you've got, you know, Dom was just telling me in my headset, he said, I, I've pulled up. We didn't expect to do this. This is how this show goes. He said, yeah, I've got this, this Matt, clip. Matt, this from, is all very well planned. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. From John Durer talking about Bobby Jones. Here he is. Oh, yes. We talked a lot about that one time or another. Bob was very observant of all the reporters, and he, he listened to all the broadcasts when they came on radio and television. And he would report some of them, but it was very quiet what he was telling me. <clears throat> but he said one day, I said, Bob, I'm sure I make mistakes like some of the others do. And would you be kind enough to tell me some of my mistakes? Let me correct, because I'd like to do better. And he said, well, you do pretty good. And I said, well, I thank you for that. But what have I done wrong? He said, well... You have ruined about as many shots as anyone as does, does the broadcast. <laughs> and I became defensive, and I said, what do you mean I have ruined the shots? And he said, well, you will say, now here's Julius Boris, and he's going to hit an eight iron. And I said, well, Bob, we get a lot of calls from people saying, tell us what club he hit. And I said, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to report to John that he is going to hit an eight iron. And Bob turned to me, and he said, John, you do not hit an eight iron. You play an eight iron. A hit is when two trucks run together. Play I, I is love when you that story. stroke the ball and send it down the fairway. So from that time on, I tried never to again say somebody was going to hit the golf ball, but they were going to play the golf ball. 
And many pros with whom I have told that story have told me that's one of the best short lessons you could ever get to learn to swing through the ball and play the ball because hit means that you stop. A, a hit is a stop. You do not stop at the ball. That that wasn't Matty 2020 interrupting that comment by John Dura. That was from whatever year. That What year was that interview from? That particular clip, because we had we we were very lucky, Matt, and I both of us, to have had John Durr join us on our program many times over the years. That yeah. particular clip, I believe, was from 2015. What I love about John Durr and hearing his voice as he was playing, Don was like, "Ah, oh, so great to hear him again." But it was that even well into his 90s, approaching a century on this earth, he still had that radio voice. Say, uh, it's a pleasure to welcome to the program the legendary broadcaster, John Durr. John, how are you? Matt, I'm doing well. Everything was that kind of like very, very sharp, very, you know, to get through the, the AM radio speakers of the day, the way that he was trained. Here we are, reporting live. You know, and, and so one of the things that was cool about talking to John is that whenever I would ask him a question, you know, sometimes it takes people a moment to think. You know, one of the things like for me with radio broadcasting in particular, if not in television, but certainly in radio that I learned early early on from a veteran was you don't try not to say uh, or um. instead, if you just if you need that kind of clearing space for your mind, there's two things that you can do. You can either just. Let the air sit for a second. It's okay. A pregnant pause, if you please. I've actually had people say to me, are you still there? Uh, Or you could take the last letter of the word that you said, and you can carry it out a little bit longer to say, well, coming up on the show today, we've got a very special guest that's going to be joining us. And after that, we're going to, you know, so what you're doing is you're sorting your, your thoughts. If you go to a media trainer, The media trainers will tell the people, you know, prominent people are going to be asked questions. One of the tricks that they tell them, and now that I tell you, you're going to notice it all the time, is that is you'll ask whoever it is, whatever question you ask them, they go, you know, that's an excellent question or some variation of complimenting the question. And what they're doing is they're buying themselves time to sort through what you just asked them. Another trick of the trade is you repeat the question back to yourself. Where you say, you know, you've played a lot of golf courses around the world. If you could pick one, just one, that was your favorite golf course that you ever played, what would it be? And the person goes, hmm, that's an excellent question. What would be my favorite golf course I've ever played? And you see how much time they just picked up? All of that is allowing your mind the time to go through the files within to figure out what direction that you want to go. So brilliant stuff, excellent stuff, really fun. What's up, Don? I just wanted to share a quick anecdote about John Durr, just to give you an idea of the type of person that he was. So he sent me via snail mail before he passed. And you'll remember this, Matt. He did an interview, a full interview. Uh, with Ben Hogan after he won the 1953 Open Championship at Carnoustie. I mean, it's it's so long. It's like 14 minutes with Ben Hogan. And it's not available on the Internet. It's nowhere. Like, no one even has it. He sent me a CD, a physical CD, with his handwriting on it, a handwritten note saying, I got permission to use this. I got a copy of it. Uh, You know, he didn't know how to use the Internet. He, He put it on a disc. He sent it to my house. He also sent me a copy of his book, My Place at the Table. By the way, if you haven't heard of that, look it up. My Place at the Table, Stories of Golf and Life. That's John Durr's book. It's a phenomenal book. The story you just heard uh, him tell about Bobby Jones and there's Albert Einstein and Babe Ruth and you name it. It's a whole book filled with those stories by him. He sent me the book in that same package and he hand-scribed on the inside you know, a little note to me. All you know for I we didn't ask him for any of that stuff, Matt. I didn't say, "Hey, do you have this interview? Send it to me. I need this." He just sent me a whole care package with that stuff. This is when he was in his nineties, Matt. And that interview that he he conducted with Ben Hogan in nineteen fifty three 
he gave us permission to use. We have it, and we have aired it in the past. And I promise you, in the coming months, we will air it again in its entirety and make it available oh, yeah. for all of you to hear it. It's incredible. Oh, well, if for no other reason, it, it's amazing because you get to hear Ben Hogan in a way that you've never heard Ben Hogan before. I am sure. Well, he remember One he, is he, Dom- he told us that didn't he spend like the whole week with him? They were like roommates yes. or something. No, they weren't roommates, but they had lunch together every day, and they hung out together, and they, they spent – Ben Hogan was over there with his wife. I don't think John Durr was, was hanging in the room with him. But they they ended up spending a great deal of time together because John Durr was, not surprisingly, the only American golf journalist that was there. So, yes, they hung out together every single day and had meals together and all the rest. But in this long interview with Ben Hogan – one that one and you guys know that we love to do this in the show anyway they went through the at least his back nine i think they did more than that too because i remember talking about the sixth hole but they went through the holes what did you do here what were you thinking there and what you heard from ben hogan you know the we iceman which is which was one of the nicknames that the scots had come up with there for him because he was so focused but you hear someone that's joyful full of joy you hear someone that's grateful, that's humble. It's amazing all of these things that you don't think of when you think of Hogan because all you hear about Hogan is this steely-eyed guy that had no quarter for anybody. And you hear a very different human being. On top of that, you hear John Durr at the quintessential point of being John Durr in his profession. CBS, it was CBS out of New York, CBS out of New York, but I'm live in Carnoustie, Scotland, where Ben Hogan, blah, blah, blah. Another little strange nuance of, of the crossroads of history with that particular major championship in 1953. Frank Sinatra was in the gallery. I know I've told you guys this story before, but the last time I was at Carnoustie with all of you, we did a big listeners trip, which again had another bizarre connection with current events. They were building the new clubhouse then. It was not occupied yet, but they were building it. And it is spectacular now. I toured it done at the, the Open when it, when it came back to, to the Open a couple of years ago. And Tiger had his run, and ultimately it was uh, Francesco Molinari winning. Uh, but So the, the building was under construction. So we originated this show. From the little clubhouse, this little it, it was it looked like a home to me that had been basically converted into use of a clubhouse, and that little house historically had been the clubhouse for women. So they had a clubhouse where the men could hang out and smoke their the cigars and and have their brandies or what have you, and then they had a separate house a couple hundred yards away, and that's where the women were hanging out. Lovely little Victorian. And it was in that house on that day where we had Donald Trump on the show. And I remember asking him if it was his intent to run for president of the United States. This crazy stuff. And while that was going on, as another little juxtaposition, I'm looking out the way, big, huge, huge plate glass picture window in front of us looking out on the golf course and you could see you know it's a links course so unless you're blocked by a dune you could see deep into the course and such as it was in the angle that we were on and as i'm watching it there early in the day because when when we're on the air uh, in ireland or in in scotland or the uk they're five hours ahead of us normally right and so when we're on the air we were coming on the air at 7 a.m then if i'm not mistaken dom could have been six, but I can't remember. Uh, so we would come on the air local time at about noon time. So when you're in there, you're getting set up, say it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning local. You're going on the air at noon. You're finishing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon-ish. And then uh, my, me and the other three members of my group was Kenny and Barry and, and uh, Ponch. We would tee off at about, say, half past two, right-ish. So anyway, we had, every, you know, our groups are so huge that they're teeing off throughout the course of the day. I'm and I'm watching these these bands of rain coming in off the sea. Which ironically, I could also tell you to jump to at the very end of this story before I get to the meat of it. By the by the time we went out playing, all those bands had rung themselves out. It was gorgeous for the whole rest of the day. That but that's luck of the draw, because sometimes it very much goes the other direction too. 
So I'm looking out across the, the golf course through this plate glass window while I'm on the phone with Donald Trump, and I can see John McGinnis. He, he, he etched a distinctive frame, even off on the horizon as he was. He, could have, he probably was 300, 400 yards away from me at least. But it was distinctive because that day he had this this red jumper top on. I called it a windbreaker. I don't know what the heck it was. It could have been a hoodie. I don't know what it was, but it was red. So he he stood out. I'll put it that way. And I could see John, the, the stretch of view that I had of McGinnis was from where he was starting to walk, point A, to where his destination was, point B, a green. Was I could see him the entire stretch of it because of the angle that I had in this massive window and, the, and what we were looking out on the golf course. I saw Johnny get hit with at least three bands of rain along the way. And Johnny was one that I've rarely seen John wear a hat, and he didn't this day either. He would just kind of take his neck and he'd pull it in like a turtle. He'd pull his, his shoulders up a little bit and pull his neck in, and he'd continue to lumber on his way to, to his golf ball. And so I was watching. I don't know why that thought popped in my head, but I was watching it at the same time. Now, as you guys know, we, Dominic, myself, all of us are huge fans of PGA Tour Live. We don't have anything to do with PGA Tour Live. I don't do any work for them. They don't, they're not a sponsor of the show. We talk about them because we love them. And uh, sure enough, I'm very much looking forward to it this week as well with all the golf that we have going on that we're going to be able to catch early coverage of PGA Tour Live. When we come back, we're going to talk about their progression, what they're doing, how it is going. And when I did that little John Duran, coming up, we have a very special guest for you on the Fairways of Life show today. We do. That lies ahead as well. A lot of talk about Ben Hogan. Go to BenHoganGolf.com. Wouldn't you be proud? No doubt to put Ben Hogan golf clubs into your golf bag. Well, you can do it still making a 40, 50% retail savings because it is a direct relationship from them to you. Latest technology, absolute micro-manufactured artwork. Why not check it out today at BenHoganGolf.com. FrenchLick.com is a website for another partner of the Fairways of Life show that we are very proud to be associated with. We're going there in October with a group of you in that sold-out trip, and everyone that goes in that trip that's playing golf is going to get a set of Ben Hogan's PTX Pro Irons. Go go ahead and, and price our trips out. We don't put profit in our trips. That's not why we do them. These are not guided trips where we try to charge some celebrity fee like some people do to have you hang out with us. We don't do that. We do this to say thank you to you, and we do this to say thank you to our sponsors, to our partners. And as a result, I say, go ahead and do it. Find out what a set of PTX Pro Irons are worth from Ben Hogan. Put it up there. Put the golf that we're going to play at the Pete Dye course and at the Donald Ross course and multiple times playing golf and the dinners and the, and the West Baden Luxury Hotel. Add up that column and see what it comes to, and you're going to find out if you tried to do it on your own, you'd pay more. FrenchLick.com for details and everything that they have to offer. More about PGA Tour Alive and the changing landscape of golf media after these words. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present, from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices paint and music at a cozy pub but most of all enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't traveled from home but have returned to it visit ireland.com to get started come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly french lick springs hotel where there's something for everyone from kids fest to shopping bowling golf and other outdoor activities or at the west baden springs hotel you can wrap yourself in old world elegance Visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. 
Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old US of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boeing Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boeing Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boeing Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoeingGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Delighted to have your company from wherever around the world you're joining us on this Tuesday. Always fun to be joined by Greg Hoppy, the vice president and executive producer for PGA Tour Entertainment. They who create the PGA Tour Live that I was talking to you about before the break and how much fun we have with all of that. Greg, what's going on? Are you guys having fun? Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. We're uh, we're having a blast. It's, uh, it's nice to have golf and, and sports but particularly golf back in the mix and uh and it's an exciting time for us as we hit the uh, playoff push and and uh fedex cup and uh fedex st Jude classic this week and pga championship next week one of the things that we have enjoyed so much over the years greg and talking to you about pga tour live and everything else that you're doing with pga tour entertainment is because it's a sense of a progression It's a sense of watching something grow right before our eyes. It's a reflection of what's going on with sports media, media at large, if you please, in terms of how we consume what we wish to consume at this day and time. But given this specific day and time with everything that we're going through, do you feel in any way that PGA Tour Live is is filling perhaps a different niche or a different role than what you have before in 2020? It's a good point, Matt, and it's, it's ironic because we had what would have been a historic moment, or it still was, but would have been a historic week at the Players' Championship when we launched Every Shot Live. The plan was, for the first time ever, to show every shot that took place at the golf course, and uh, obviously that was cut short. But to your point, I, I do think we're, we're we're feeling a void, and the numbers show it. Um, we're at record highs right now, and I think there's a lot to attribute to that. I think... I think golf being the first back, uh, one of the first early sports back is, is key. I think there's been a lot of, of chatter and, and conversation and promotion around PGA Tour Live. And I think the fact that a lot of people are still at their homes, working from home, um, I think that has a lot to do with Thursday and Friday mornings. I think, um, I know I, I'm fortunate enough, you're fortunate enough, Matt, to have a TV in your workplace um, prior to this pandemic. Um, so, so you, it was your job to watch PGA Tour Live every Thursday and Friday morning, and you're very much an advocate and a fan of it, and I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. For the for the hardcore golf fan that might be sneaking a peek on Thursday or Friday in their cubicle or in their typical office environment, they're at home now. <laughs> so they they have better access on the computer. They don't have to have the boss button where they minimize it. They can keep it full frame. They can keep the volume up. They're not bothering anybody. I know I, for one, put it on my Apple TV, so it's a real big big TV experience, um, yeah. that, that happens at home. I mean, I think we're all dealing with different um, environments, different lifestyles right now, and I think that's added to, to you know, the not big success of PGA Tour Live. I, I do the same thing, uh, Greg. I have it. Uh, we have a 65-inch in the family room, and I put it on there. Uh, Dom casts his from, from his phone to his TV, and I also use it on my phone if I'm out in the course, especially if I'm in a car because you can put it way up in the little cabinet there, and in the sun you can see it clearly. Now, you mentioned that at the players, 
you were going to show every shot of every player, which still blows me away even to say it now, months later, when you had a round under your belt. You also are doing interviews with players while they're on the golf course. You have players that are mic'd up. So not only are you filling a niche in terms of our appetite for wanting to watch early rounds of golf, because even if you're talking about the biggest names in the world, one round they'll be early and one round they'd be late in what was a traditional broadcast window. So what I'm interested in is the fact that, Greg, you are trying things that while others may have wanted to do them before, they may even have tried to do them before, you guys are doing it. You guys are pulling it off. You're actually pulling the game's broadcast forward with what you're doing with technology. Yeah, PGA Tour has always been tasked from the top of the PGA Tour down to be the incubator for things, from technology to new talent to everything. But I do want to be clear, PGA Tour Live is just part of, since the pandemic, all the all the golf production companies have really come together. CBS, Golf Channel, NBC, and the tour. We've been on we're on calls during the uh, during the lockdown, and and and, and we really worked together to um, you know try to get players to be mic, try different things. And you know, I, I, CBS has been using a, a fan cam or inside the ropes camera where they they have a player stop and, and ask a prompted question. Um, PJ Tour Live also piggybacked on that. I think everybody in the industry is taking a chance right now to look around. I think in every sport, honestly, when you have downtime, if you're a baseball sports producer, you're doing 162 games, you're looking so, you're moving so fast onto the next game. And I think what happened when sports production folks got to sit down and just take a breath and not, not really do anything in March and April and May, it was like, what, what could we do different? And we were forced to do things differently from a, from a, um, you know, a social distancing perspective. I mean, this is way inside baseball, but the things that have been done by the remote truck um, teams, the, the, the teams that run uh, the remote trucks, the way they've had a social distance and put plexiglass up and bring in different units for CBS to produce golf so that they're, they're more spread out. I mean, it's just a point in time where, obviously with life every, everywhere, you're just going to remember it. And like, that's, when, that's when times change. That's when things change. And everyone looks at things differently. One of the things that we're looking at differently with a smile on our face is what you guys are doing before the tournament proper kicks off. It seems like every week now there's something that goes on on a Wednesday, gives us more opportunity to consume more golf. But perhaps even more important to that is that we get to see the players in a way that we're not used to seeing them. It's it's not the, the white hot spotlight of a PGA Tour competition. They're having fun, and they're raising huge amounts of money for charity along the way. Could you talk to us about what was in store there, how and why it happened even this week with the, with the, the charity challenge with Hovland and Horschel and, and Stenson and Snedeker? How did that all develop, and what's the objective there? Yeah, it all came uh, – it uh, got launched at Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Bubba Watson, Harold Varner, Jason Day, they, they were all involved, and – they all had ties to Rocket Mortgage, and, and basically the tour and, and the tournaments took a time out and said, listen, uh, the Wednesday programs, the tr- traditional Wednesday programs are gone. So there's a couple things. Fans aren't out there necessarily to watch these guys practice. There's, a, there's, a, there's more access to the course. And it, there just came to be a lot of talk about what we could do to help sponsors and, and added value during this downtime before the competition actually began. And and the Rocket Mortgage, mortgage one was a, was a big success. That that didn't have a real structure to competition. It was just literally four guys going out there, mic'd up, um, and having fun. And Bubba kind of pseudo hosted it and drove it and and asked questions of the other players. And um, it, it was a real nice launching point. Um, after that, we've been doing it every week, and we've started to add different hmm. competitions. Last week at 3M, the foursome played to go low. They were trying to do a scramble. Uh, they've looked at different formats. I've looked at different formats, and I think to your point, it, it's a huge success. It's on PG Tour Live, but it's also simulcast on the Golf Channel from three to five. And this week it's starting at three. Well, it varies. The time varies, but this week it's three to five. Uh, Billy Horschel and Francis Nadeau against played against uh, Stenson and Hovland. Again, all four will be mic'd, and uh, we just try to do something different every week, and it will be um, submitted through the Tour Championship. So everyone's really excited. That's awesome, man. Now, un- unfair question to ask you, Greg Hoppy, VP and executive producer, PGA Tour Entertainment and PGA Tour Live, with everything else that's going on and you guys trying to make best with, with everything that you're dealing with. But I still want to ask you a question anyway because I don't have to worry about equity in this forum. What's next? 
Well, um, our new TV deal kicks in um, in January of 22, and there'll be more streams for the fans and viewers to choose from. So there's definitely more golf coming um, in the not-too-distant future. Um, right now, we're looking at expanding PGA Tour Live in the fall uh, because uh, because the fields are very strong. We, we've really never done the fall uh, competing with football. We've, we've done two-day falls last year. So we're looking at um, logistically, can we pull it off uh, for four days this fall? Um, obviously, you have again, you know, spacing issues, social distancing issues. But if we can, if we can logistically pull it off, we're going to expand this fall. And then, you know, as everybody is, we're just going to wait to see what 2021 brings. But we're always looking to grow technology. And and as the uh, new new deals kick in, we're definitely going to have more content for the viewers to choose from. Absolutely love it, my friend. A PGA Tour Live in 2020 is being distributed by NBC Sports Gold. If you guys want to pick it up, it'd be a great week to do that because of everything that's going on, both with the Barracuda and the World Golf Championship and all the rest. So you can catch your coverage, as, as Greg was alluding to and Don was mentioning. And what I actually do is because I have multiple screens set up, I can be watching PGA Tour Live on one screen. I can be watching, for example, the European Tour on another one. So you have a lot of choices of what you do. Greg, is the best place to send people for more information, PGATour.com? PGATourLive.com, too, as well. Okay, PGATourLive.com, folks, or PGATour.com. Either one of those two will get you the information of everything and more that Greg was talking about. Great to check in with you, my friend. Congrats with all of your continuing success. We wish you guys safety first and foremost, but we wish you uh, success in continuing down your path as well. Thanks for having me, Matt. Love the show. Thank you, sir. Always good to talk to you. It was Greg Hoppy, the VP and executive producer of PGA Tour Entertainment and PGA Tour Live. BridgestoneGolf.com. When you log on there, you can get V fit. V meaning video. They'll tell you exactly what they need you to do. Just use your phone. It's easy. It's quick. Have a buddy shoot you from the angles that they want. You send it in. An expert, not an algorithm, not a computer, not a robot, a person will look at it and analyze all the data, and they're going to get back to you with what golf ball is perfect for your game. You, you will know with assurance, and then they're going to send you a sample of that product. It's unbelievable. BridgestoneGolf.com, check it out today. TourEdge.com, when you check out TourEdge, you're going to see an absolutely massive product line. What I love about it, their, their tagline is pound for pound the best value in the game, which means you're not, not going to have to remortgage the house when you buy something from TourEdge. But what's beautiful about TourEdge is that it carries a lifetime warranty. How often do you hear that about anything? A lifetime warranty. And it's built. These clubs are assembled just outside of Chicago. So if you have an opportunity to check out Tour Edge, then you'll have an opportunity to check out product that may be great for you at whatever level you play the game, but certainly great at, for people as well in your life that might be just looking to get into the game. Where do you start somebody? You can start them right at Tour Edge from complete box sets to individual pieces that you may want, touredge.com. When we come back, we're going to be joined by another special guest. A win amongst golf's highest ranks is always very special. We'll go down the road of just how special it is after these words. Wearing the right golf shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior product. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D, that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. 
Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour-quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected streamsongresort.com Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show live this Tuesday from wherever around the globe you're joining us today. Hope everyone is staying safe out there. Matty here with you. Dom is behind the glass. You know, the path to success for a professional golfer is rarely the same, rarely paved with gold and almost always harder than expected, almost always harder than what people see. But it is the walking of that same path which makes victory all that much sweeter when it finally does arrive. As I am sure that it is the case with our next guest, Max McGreevy. He's an Oklahoma boy from a family that is no stranger to high-level sports accomplishment. His dad, Brian, played golf at Kansas. His uncle, Tom, played at Arizona State. So it's no huge shock that Max fell in love with the game. He's a two-time Oklahoma Class 6A state golf champion. That was back, obviously, in high school. He went on to college and competed competed at the University of Oklahoma. In college, he had multiple wins. He was named an All-Big 12 Conference in 2016-2017, not to mention a two-time academic All-American. He graduated with a degree in administrative leadership. I don't even know what that is. In 2017, he turned professional. He played on a partial status on the McKenzie Tour in 2017. He collected three top 10 finishes, including a runner-up, which vaulted him to the Corn Ferry Tour for 2018 season. There he had made seven of 16 cuts. So he lost his card. He went and played, ready for this? On PGA Tour China. It was a path that a, another a friend of his, another former Oklahoma teammate, Charlie Saxon, had convinced him to do. And then he saw the fruits of his labor there. Nine top tens and 13 starts. Two third place finishes. A runner-up finish. A victory. It all earned him the distinction of the PGA Tour Player of the Year honors. The Order of Merit winner on tour. And a ticket back to the Corn Ferry Tour for 2020. In 12 starts so far, he already has four top 25s. And then Max McGreevy wins the Corn Ferry Tour's Price Cutter Championship. That was the headline just yesterday morning. It was for this 25-year-old, his first Corn Ferry Tour victory, and we all have to imagine that he is absolutely walking on clouds on this Tuesday morning. Max, welcome to the program. Congratulations. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks guys for having me on. You just pulled me right through my whole life right there for a second. It was it was fun to hear. Cool. Very cool. I hope it was fun to hear because these are the moments of celebration before you become laser focused back going after it again. When you secured the victory, who was there with you, Max? Who was the first person that you called on the telephone? Um, definitely my parents, my dad. Um, they actually came to Springfield, Missouri. Unfortunately, they weren't allowed to watch, but um, they saw I was playing well, and it was only about four hours from home. So they drove over and um, um, would just kind of had dinner with me and was with me for the weekend and whatnot, which was nice to have there. And then, you know, fortunately it worked out that I won and, um, they were actually sitting in the parking lot. They still couldn't come, um, up to the, to the clubhouse or anything, but sitting in the parking lot. And then I was able to go into the parking lot, give them a big hug and just kind of embrace everything that we've had to endure over the last couple of years. It would, you know, we hear so often that it's not the destination, it's it's the pathway of life that defines it, either in jo- joy or sorrow or, or otherwise. When you think about everything that you've had to endure, as you just phrased it, Max, how important, how distinctive is this win? Yeah, I think it's just kind of clear validation for, you know, all the work that I've done and, and um, just everything that not only myself, but my my supporters, my family, just everyone around me has done to kind of help me get to this situation. So, I mean, it takes a, it takes an army for sure. And, um, you know, you can get, you can get down on yourself in multiple situations, but if you kind of surround yourself with the right people, um, they can get you right back up on your feet and, um, just get you feeling like, like you're on top of the world, even though you're not. When when you say you can get down on yourself in in that context, uh, it it leads me to believe, or it leads me to the question at the very least, Max, then to ask you, did you get down on yourself, and did you find that this army that surrounded you was able to keep you bolstered and up? Yeah, for sure. Um, the end of 2018 was, was a really hard, um, really hard year for me. I Luckily, in my kind of journeys in golf, I've kind of been on a steady incline, um, you know, since high school. I was never super dominant or anything like that but you know I just kind of gradually got better as the years went on and um you know I finally had a little bit of a setback there in 2018 I I feel like it was just something that I um well for one I feel like now looking back on it something that I really needed but um just something that really hit me hard for a couple of months not getting through Q school and you know having to make that decision to go over to China and um you know being, I was I was still in Oklahoma and being surrounded by the people at the club that I grew up at, um, you know, family members and stuff like that, just encouraging me, um, knowing that it was going to be a hard road over in China, but just continuing to push me and and uh, you know it was it, it was a special feeling um, getting back over on the Corn Ferry Tour and then being able to do this uh, this last week. It's um, it's a testament to them and and just everything that they've done for me. It's a testament to you as well, Max McGreevy. So let me ask you about those dark times, and not from the standpoint of dwelling on the low point, but more so from the light that sometimes can shine over the tops of the valleys that look so high up on the horizon when you're walking through the the, the valleys of doubt. What did you learn about yourself that you now feel will benefit you as you go forward? You know, I think I just needed to grow a little bit. Um, you know, I've I'd kind of been sheltered for a while, lived in Oklahoma my entire life, and, um, you know, played there in Oklahoma and finally got the chance to kind of spread my wings and play, uh, you know, Canada and then the Corn Ferry Tour. And I don't know, as a 22, 23-year-old kind of wide-eyed guy on the Corn Ferry Tour, you're playing with some um, big-time names and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I just felt like I didn't fit in type of thing when I was there um, the first time. And, you know, it took me a little while to kind of sit back and realize that, that I did have the game and I could compete with those guys. And um, it, it took a little while. I was, I was um, you know, kind of down in the dumps thinking that I don't know if I would be good enough to kind of compete at this stage and whatnot. But, um, you know, I, I kind of laced up my boots and, and – um, just kind of push myself to to realize that and just realize that I can continue to get better and and compete with these guys. Not only, Max, did you lace up your boots, 
you traveled literally to the other side of the globe. What went into that decision? How much, I, I just got to ask you as a human being, how much fear did you have about what you were about to do? And then what was that experience like? Yeah, ton of fear for sure. Um, you know, you had brought up Charlie Saxon had, had told me to go over there. He'd played, he'd played two different seasons over there before and he'd had a lot of success. And, um, you know, he had, he had told me multiple, multiple times to go over there. And first couple of times I told him, no, I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna make that journey. And, um, you know, finally just in my head, I was like, you kind of had to swallow that pill. Like, unfortunately, that's kind of the situation that, that golf gave me. And, um, I felt like it was the best route for me. And, you know, it, it, it took a lot of convincing to even let my parents let me go over there. And, um, you know, it's, it, it was, it was a long 14 weeks. Don't get me wrong. It made it a lot better for how, for how well I played, but it was, it was the best decision I made to kind of just grow as a man, grow as a golfer and, and, um, you know, just, just even learn that much more about myself um, and that whole stint that I had to do over there. Amazing. And and can you give us a glimpse of, you know, what was it like? I, I, I've got a zillion different questions, but Max McGreeve, I'm curious about how did you get from point A to B? How did you know where to stay? Uh, what did you do for food? Did you have a roommate? Were there other, other people there with you that you friends or became friends with? What was the whole, what was that entirety like? Yeah, it actually, the um, PJ Tour did really well with some player liaisons and, you know, getting us set up at ho very nice hotels and stuff like that. You know, when it came to getting over there, though, it was a struggle at times. You fly into Beijing or Shanghai, have to take a high-speed train somewhere, and um, you're just kind of by yourself, I feel like, and trying to figure things out. And it's it's difficult, but that's that's another thing that kind of that kind of made me grow up a little bit is just being able to learn by wow. myself. but. But, uh, um, no, once I got there, I had a former teammate who's actually on the Corn Ferry Tour now, Luke Kwan. Um, we roomed together every single week that year, and that made it a lot better, um, just being able to kind of be with him all week. But, unfortunately, you know, with, with it being a communist country, it's, it's kind of difficult when it comes to your phone and different things like that. So there are multiple times where we were just kind of sitting in our, sitting in our room just waiting to play golf type of thing. Your phone didn't really work, and... Um, you kind of just had to, um, basically just count down the time until you were either on the next plane out of there or on the, on the tee box, ready to tee it up again. So, um, there were, there were long days over there for sure. We had a ton of fun though. We ended up, you know, getting a group of eight to 10 guys together and, um, you know, kind of doing dinner and stuff like that. Fortunately, um, one of my really good buddies who I played over there with Fred Waddell, he speaks fluent. Chinese and was just wow. a huge help the entire year. Um, so um, that that was a big help to us, and you know, being able to order food and just being able to get what we want. Um, Fred was very helpful with that, and um, I actually I did get food poisoning my fourth week over there in Beijing, and had to go to the hospital um, after the third round of the event, and came back and played the fourth round. But um, just kind of crazy experiences like that being in a being I, I don't even know if I've been to a hospital in the United States before and um, for anything like that and now I'm in a hospital in Beijing you know it's just crazy things like that just kind of opened my eyes for future weeks and stuff like that and it was it was an experience don't get me wrong but uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world now that you're standing on the pinnacle of success and your tour you, you've won and you think back on the path to get from where you were to what you went through to how you got there to now where you stand as a champion. Is there anything that you would change at this point? Not one bit. No, it was it was the journey that I needed to take, the journey that kind of made me grow and, and learn more about myself. And I, I can't... Uh, I can't change any of that because it's it's only just going to continue to grow and, and make me stronger as the years go on. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Now, the word is that as you were coming down the stretch, you had a goal in mind. If memory serves me, it was twenty under par, and until that point, you were not going to look at your phone. You weren't going to you weren't going to try to to find out who, what what the lead was. You weren't you weren't going to touch base with the leaderboard at all. Now that you could see 
see him anyway with everything that's going on right now and, and no fans around to whisper in your ear. But is that true, Max? And what was your what was your mental posture going into that final round and particularly going down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, starting five back, you kind of, you know, you, you're not really thinking of looking at leaderboards. You're just looking to get off to a good start. So, um, you know, luckily I made some birdies early and, um, you know, got got a lot under par earlier, so I didn't have to press too late. But um, I, 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 my caddy actually took my phone earlier in the round because he probably thought that I was going to look at it at some point. But I told him that, um, you know, until I got to 20 under par, I, I didn't want to know where I was at or anything like that. And, to be honest, I honestly didn't think 20 under was still going to be enough. So um, after I made birdie on 15, he kind of told me that I had a one two shot lead, I believe, at the time. Then ended up making birdie on 16, and when we hit our tee shot on 18 in the fairway, he was like, "All right, you got two shots," type of thing. So um, you know, it's, wow. it's uh, it definitely took a lot of pressure off myself, just kind of going out there and playing and not having to worry about the score and um, you know just vibing with my caddy the entire day. So. Um, I'm glad we did it like we did it, and honestly, it was probably a blessing in disguise that there weren't any leaderboards out there all day. Are you allowing yourself, Max McGreevy, some time now to get a little air in your lungs, to relax a little bit before you start charging after it again? Yeah, for sure. Um, It's going to be nice taking the week off this week, and I'm actually going to go up to Oklahoma and kind of celebrate with with my parents and my brother and little nephew and sister-in-law, and um, just kind of take it all in, I feel like, for a couple of days. And then I'm um, still getting back to work here and um, just getting ready to go. And um, hopefully we can kind of give ourselves a couple more chances. But definitely uh, definitely kind of something that I just want to take in with my family and um, just be able to celebrate with them. That's awesome stuff. All right, last thing I want to ask you, and this is something that I hope you will get used to because it means that you're in a position where you have the influence of such. You would associate yourself with companies and ambassador and sponsors. How is that going for you, Max McGreevy, and, and who have you aligned yourself with as yet? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, the you know sponsors and, and team that I've been able to put together. And, um, you know, Shrixon has been with me since I started as, as a professional and they've been, you know, incredible. They're such a great company and, um, just so hands-on and helpful. And, um, I, I can't thank them enough for, for everything that they've done for me so far. And, um, Veritex bank here and it's a Texas bank and, um, it's such a community based, um, bank and they're just, again, so hands-on and I'm just more of a person that likes to deal with, um, people face to face and, and, and whatnot. And I feel like I get that from them. They're just so kind of inviting. I feel like, um, every single time I talk to them or, or any time that I have to deal with them. And it's just been, it's been a, it's been a blessing to, to kind of get that partnership with them this year and, and deal with them. And then, uh, actually starting three, four weeks ago, I, I started, uh, wearing black quail apparel, which is, um, Abraham answers new company with a couple of his other, um, buddies. So, oh. um, it's been a, it's, it's been an incredible, um, you know, incredible company and they've been extremely helpful over the last couple of weeks and, um, just great apparel. That's, that's been, uh, you know, super comfy and kind of made me a lot more comfortable out there as we've gone on. Absolutely love it. So proud of what you accomplished, Max. We wish you great, great success as you continue forward. It's, it's a classic story too. The stuff about China was just mind-blowing but so excited for for everything that lies in store because of what you have done we wish you the best my friend appreciate it so much thanks for having me guys absolute delight that was max uh, mcgreevy who just won for the first time on the corn ferry tour this past weekend and i thought i know you guys would enjoy getting to know more about him as well please take the time to get to know more about ireland by logging on to ireland.com i'm so proud to be an ambassador for tourism ireland because it gives us an official opportunity and platform to talk talk about the virtues of a country uh, that i love very very much and it's very dear to me including the best links golf courses in the world ireland.com 
for more. So we have a lot more to go through with you as the week progresses. It's going to be a very busy day at the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Press conference is scheduled today with John Rahm and Justin Thomas. Tomorrow with Michael Thompson, yep, Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Roy McElroy, Henrik Stenson, and more. Victor Hovland will get in there as well, probably before or after the charity exhibition match that uh, Greg mentioned that you can catch on PGA Tour Live and also on Golf Channel for a couple of hours as well. Want to go through kind of a preview of that World Golf Championship tomorrow. Want to go through a preview of the Stableford scoring system with the Barracuda Championship. Want to talk to you about the LPGA. Want to talk to you about the Champions Tour. Want to touch base about what's going on with the Corn Ferry Tour. All happening this week. Tragic news this week too with Camilo Vijegas. He and his wife losing their 22-year-old daughter. She had tumors on her spine and and in her brain that they were trying to treat, uh, it failed, and she passed away. Our hearts are with the Vijegas family. I know the entire world of golf and more feels the same way for that absolute tragedy that has taken place there. Uh, there are, is some other news in and around the world of golf, one of the most popular events in the late part of the season. What does that even mean, a late part of the season this year, because it is so such an odd season, such as it is the Alfred Dunhill Lynx which, as you know, is played at Kings Barnes and Carnoustie and the old course. It is for me in terms of I've never been to the event. I've been to those, obviously, those courses many times, but never to the event at that time of year. So I love watching it with a cup of coffee. It's not happening. It's been canceled uh, for 2020. And more of that news just continues seemingly to come forward, and I suspect it will continue to as we progress. I hope you guys have a great day today i hope you're safe out there let's be nice to everybody we're all going through this as they say together as a cliche goes and we will be with you again tomorrow for spare until then goodbye for now